0: And welcome back. My name is David. I'm one of the co-hosts of Election Profit Makers, uh, and I'm joined by John. He's one of the other hosts of Election Profit Makers. John, can you hear
1: me? Yes, I can hear you, and I can see you. Johnny, do you like me? Yes. Johnny, will you join me? Yes, I will. Hi, everyone.
0: Johnny, will you talky to me? Sure. And Johnny, will you listen to me? Always. Good to hear. Well, it's Election Profit Makers, and we're back once again with another award-winning episode. There's a lot to talk about this week, and it's all depressing. But there's one bit of good news, John. You know we've been talking so much about numbers recently, numbers Mm -hmm. and these mystical entities known as numbers. Yeah. Well, today is a numerologically significant day I saw on the internet. Do you know what today is? Yeah, it's Pi Day. We're recording this on three fourteen, and that's Pi because Pi is 3.14159265 and then it goes on and on for it goes on for a thousand digits Mm. and they say that if you can recite all 1000 digits of pi without making a mistake your head will turn into a perfect circle pi is the ratio of one element of a circle to another element of a circle did you know that uh yeah i guess i I knew that it's all about um
1: circles and numbers pi aren't square that's a pie joke that I remember.
0: Pie r square, which is how you calculate the area of a circle, and then your math teacher says, pie, pie r square? No, pie are round. Yeah, <laughs> Because like pies, yeah. of course, the food that you eat are typically round. Yeah. Mm-hmm. However, Little Caesar became famous for making rectangular pizza pies. If you remember and, that, pizza, yeah, pizza, pizza. Pizza, pizza. <laughs> crazy bread. And that was a real treat for us in high school, getting some crazy bread with some marinara dipping sauce. Oh, my God. I would do anything then to talk about the news this week. Why don't we just talk about our our, cult, our cultural associations with Little Caesars Pizza Pizza and crazy bread, dipping crazy bread into marinara
1: sauce, a memory. Yeah. Over at uh, Oak Creek Shopping Center in Carborough, I believe. And I'll share the memory one more time. We used
0: to dip crazy bread into marinara sauce. There it is. The third time. The memory is now
1: locked in your brain forever. Does that not happen anymore? What? It doesn't. Pizza pizza still exist?
0: I don't know, John. I'm not like you. I'm not a foodie like you. I don't yeah. know about all the hip new pizza boutiques that use I just remember you had to walk in and look anchovies. at his hairy
1: chest as you were ordering pizza. Whose hairy chest? I don't know. Maybe it was Caesar. Oh, the the um the the the, 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 mascot. the logo, the mascot yeah. and he had this right. like hairy chest. It was it wasn't like the most appetizing thing to see as you were about to order. Your pizza, pizza.
0: Well, all I remember is we used to eat crazy bread and we would dip it in marinara sauce. Marinara sauce, sauce, yes. Well, (laughs)
1: there's a war in Ukraine. I actually think maybe things are going to potentially end sooner than we thought in Ukraine. What? No way. Just reading the tea leaves, it really does seem as if things are not going well for Russia. And I am certain things are not going well for Ukraine either. And the U.S. Uh, government officials seem to be putting a kind of a positive spin on these talks, saying that and now I don't know what they're going to agree to, but. I don't know. Last week I felt like this is going to go for months and now I'm thinking could this possibly end in in a few weeks? You're feeling more optimistic than you were earlier? Yeah, I mean it's it's still going to be terrible. They're, if they make a deal, he'll be allowed to walk out and keep his army and they'll pro- he'll probably get Crimea and you know, they'll have to agree not to join NATO, but at least you know, they'll stop bombing hospitals and civilians and it, maybe that's possible. I really did not think that was possible a week ago.
0: If Putin calls off the invasion, what will Tulsi Gabbard's tweet about it be? Mm, thank you. Know. Thank you, President Putin, for you are a true peacemaker. No, no that's not her voice. You got to
1: go. Thank you, President Putin. She has this very sultry, deep voice. Like Elizabeth Holmes from Theranos? No. It, it's, it's I'm lethal. honored to be
0: here with these fellow uh, women entrepreneurs. Tulsi We're going to shatter
1: the glass ceiling together. No, no. Tulsi's is real. Tulsi, she has a strong, she has a strong voice. So what will her first tweet be? Comrade Putin, thank you for choosing peace and prosperity for Russia and the Ukraine. She'll say the Ukraine because that's a little little dig what will glenn greenwald's first tweet be it'll be so dramatic whatever it is it will be lashing out at somebody it's gonna be a good one yeah cool all right y- yeah i You look look what are you, what are you gonna say it's terrible it's terrible i'm uh i'm not i'm yeah it's hard to follow okay mm-hmm I think it's time to do a portfolio update. John, I couldn't agree more. Pizza, pizza. Let's do it. Well, I was not too active on Predict It this week, but I did happen to jump into one market, which I thought was promising at the moment, and it was the Liz Cheney market. Oh, yeah. You hipped me to this market. Yes. She is the at-large representative in Wyoming at the moment, and everyone knows that Liz Cheney is sort of on the outs with the MAGA wing of the Republican Party, which is pretty much just the Republican Party these days. So a lot of people believe that Liz Cheney is not going to be the nominee anymore and that she may lose in the primary. So the good news for Liz Cheney this week was that the Wyoming legislature failed to pass a Donald Trump-backed bill, which would restrict crossover voting on Tuesday.
0: Remind everyone what crossover voting is in a primary.
1: Yeah, they have open. They have an open primary in Wyoming. So Democrats can vote in a Republican primary. Republicans can vote in a Democratic primary. If you vote in one, you can't vote in the other. Um, yeah, some states have closed. Wyoming is totally open. So they were going to do something where they were going to restrict it and not allow Democrats to cross over because they believe the Democrats are going to cross over and vote in the Republican primary and help Liz Cheney. Of course. Yeah. So that was good news for Liz Cheney. So I said, let's buy some Cheney shares because maybe she'll spike. The market is: Will Liz Cheney win the
0: 2022 House GOP nomination in Wyoming at large? And
1: yes. Sorry, I'm having trouble pulling up my pulling up your what your pants <clears throat> pizza pizza yeah. yeah. So she was trading. Tra- she was twade She was trading at 23 cents when that was announced, and I went in and bought 100 shares. I did too because you told me to, and so I did
0: it. And now we're sitting pretty at 25 cents per share. Yeah. We've made $2 each, buddy. Yeah. For free, we made $2 just because of our wisdom. Our foresight and our wisdom and our astute political analysis means that where once there was $0, now there's $2. Pure profit for us. We just didn't buy enough. We should have bought 1,000 shares. We should have bought 1,000 shares. And then we'd have $200,000.
1: Mm, I think,
0: Yeah. Maybe. Unfortunately for me, that gain of $2 is offset by a loss of $2 in the Los Angeles mayoral election market. Because remember, I bought 50 shares in Karen Bass being the new mayor. I bought 50 shares at 68. That's down 4 to 64. So my Liz Cheney $2 has been wiped out by my Karen Bass negative $2. John, it comes and it goes. Mm -hmm. The money just comes and goes. Sometimes the money comes to you. You're so happy. You wrap your arms around the money. You give it a big hug. It warms the cockles of your heart. And then the next morning you wake up and the money is gone. Where did the money go? Who's to say? But it's gone. And now you're as alone and as cold as you've
1: ever been because you don't have that money anymore. I didn't tell you, but that I, I invested in will the Senate confirm a Supreme Court justice by April 1st. Oh, shoot. You certainly didn't tell me that. How's that market looking? Um, I bought 200 shares at three cents. Oh, dear. You're
0: going to lose six dollars. Uh, no, I'm, I've, I've, uh, it's
1: trading at one cent right now. So Oof. See, what did I just say? The money, it comes and it goes. I think maybe we need to start doing what you've been doing is just investing in the top brackets and not going for these long shots anymore. Conventional wisdom, the wisdom of crowds.
0: You know, I'm always talking about the wisdom of crowds. Whatever the most people like is the best thing. Mm-hmm. That's what your dad taught me when we were arguing about what the be- greatest record of all time was. And he said, well, obviously it's, it's Thriller because Thriller's the best selling re- record of all time. That means it's the best record of all time. Oh my gosh, your dad was driving me to the edge of the edge of consciousness with that argument. Mm-hmm. We were driving home from church one morning in high school. Master troller, Mr. Kimball. But I think he actually believed it too. And there is a certain logic to it. And it's the logic I have when it comes to investing on predictive. Yeah, Whichever bracket is the most expensive, that means the most people think it's going to come true. That means it's probably going to come true
1: because people are very smart. Right. It's the same thing with how much money people have. If you have something bad to say about Elon Musk or whatever, all I can just say is – He's the richest man in the world. How much money do you have? Checkmate. You know what else is going on this week in North Carolina 11th District? That's the home of our bad boy, Madison Cawthorn. Yes. Uh, Yeah, bad boy behind the wheel. And you don't want to be caught alone with him if you're a woman or a tree. Let's just say that. Right. Madison Cawthorn is also in hot water because he was speaking at a fundraiser and decided to bring up... Ukraine. And that was smart because he probably knew what he was talking about and wasn't out of his depth. Yeah. Madison Cawthorn called Ukraine President Volodymyr Zelensky a thug, called Zelensky a thug, and also said that uh, Ukraine was an evil country. And woke. (laughs) The woke... It is. Super woke. (laughs) When I think of super woke countries, I always think of Eastern Europe. Right. Yeah. I just think that's probably the cutting edge of wokeness. I mean, Zelensky may be woke in some ways, but I'm certain that, that Ukraine is not an evil, super woke country. He's got to be getting that from like Tucker
0: Carlson and Steve Bannon, right? Who are defending Putin by being like, Russia only has two genders, right? It's all that stuff. Right. All the trans stuff now you can see is all just in the anti-trans stuff is all just in service of fascism. What do I care if Russia invades Ukraine? They don't have trans people. Like what? That's what Madison Cawthorn is riffing off of,
1: I think. But I don't think he truly understands it. No, he does not understand it. He's a child. Another thing that's going on in the 11th is I have seen some chat on uh, – I've seen some talk on my timeline this week of people saying that they – people living in the 11th saying that they are going to change their registration from Democrat to unaffiliated so they can vote in the Republican primary. North Carolina is not a closed primary. It's not an open primary. It's a partially open primary where quote unquote independents, or as we call them in North Carolina, unaffiliated, are allowed to vote in either primary. So a lot of Democrats are thinking: I'm not even going to vote in the Democratic primary. I'm going to become unaffiliated and vote against Madison Cawthorn.
0: Would you do that if you lived in the 11th? Would you bother switching your party registration so you could vote against Madison Cawthorn? What is the advantage of maintaining a Democratic party registration if you're in a open or semi-open primary
1: system? Well, one thing, if you're listed as unaffiliated, having done a lot of canvassing...
0: You're one of the persuadables. You're going to have people knocking on your door all
1: day during campaign season, aren't you? That's right, but they're not persuadable at all. They're just nutty. They're they're hardcore partisans in in most cases. They're just way too conservative to consider themselves Republicans or way too liberal or way too libertarian, you know. It's 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 very frustrating. So if you are an unaffiliated, you're gonna be visited by everyone. You're gonna be getting some mad, mad,
0: crazy phone calls, pizza pizza. Yep. Yep. When I was still registered in North Carolina, even though I was going to college in Ohio at a very prestigious liberal arts college, I kept my voter registration in North Carolina so I could vote against Jesse Helms. And I think I, because I thought quite highly of myself back then as a free thinking independent who who saw beyond the two party system, I think I maintained, I think I registered as unaffiliated or independent. Mm -hmm. I guess it was called unaffiliated back then as well. Yes, and at some point I thought, well, I'm always going to vote for the Democrats. I'll just register as a Democrat. But now I'm thinking about it, and I don't really see the advantage. Like, why, why not reserve the opportunity in a high stakes race to vote against a Republican, right? Like Madison Cawthorn, or to switch sides and vote for a Rep- I mean, I don't know if I would vote for Liz Cheney. This feels a little hashtag resistance, where you forget about how
1: how evil. I don't know because it's it's uh, what do they say in pool when you do something bad? Bad pool. Uh, well, you're talking about like when you sink the eight ball. No, I don't know. When you when you scratch. No, yeah, I, I don't know. It's just it's bad. It's 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 not sporting. Some might argue. Oh, I definitely care about what's sporting these days. See, that's yeah. You don't get
0: a prize for being the one who follows the rules the best.
1: Okay, that's here's like the such reason a Democratic why I'll Party do it.
0: sensibility. But 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 they're cheating and they're not operating in good faith. And right. And, right. We need the referee to come in and give us a silver star for being good boys and girls who don't cheat. When they go low, we go high.
1: Remember when I got raked over the coals for not helping the the Republicans cure their ballots? Oh, right, yeah. Cure your own ballots. Yeah, exactly. So here's why I do it and why I am uh, registered as a Democrat. The voter registration that that information is public anybody can look it up anybody can look up how you are registered anybody can see if you voted so if you and i do this all the time people will be like yeah yeah i voted and i i can go look and see yeah you voted no they didn't vote whatever wait if you so, do that
0: to who do you do that to acquaintances or celebrities i have i have,
1: I have done that on People that I suspect may not be telling me the truth. And then I look, and I've also done it on people that I have canvassed with, and I tell them, and they say, yes, I'm definitely going to do it. And I say, I'm going to look up in a week and see if you did. There was one. There This guy is that someone I,
0: you meet and you knock on their door and
1: you talk to yeah. them and then they say, okay,
0: you got my vote. I'm going to vote.
1: And then you yeah. say to them, I'm going to go on the web and see if you voted. Yeah, I'm going to go on the web and see if you voted. I have said that before.
0: Right. I'm sure um, you said it in
1: a friendly way and not a friendly yes, way. Yes, yes, of course, yeah, okay. in a friendly way. And, and always they have. So, So for that reason that it is public, I don't want anyone seeing me listed as unaffiliated. Why not? Because then they may think I'm a crazy nut right winger. They won't think that. They'll be like, whoa, look at that guy. He doesn't fall for
0: the two-party duopoly. He's oh. a free thinker. Oh, he might okay. vote for Bernie. He might vote for Rand Paul, man. You know, the, You know, unaffiliated people are always like, I'm not sure who I'm going to vote for. I like some of the stuff Bernie says and I like some of the stuff Rand Paul says. Yeah, no. I can't I make do up know. my mind.
1: <laughs> I do know. I remember like hustling on the Duke University campus at the end of the 2012 election election. Trying to get those last votes in, you know, just scraping the bottom of the barrel and t- talking to guys that were big Rand Paul heads. And they were just right. like, yeah. And I'm just like, I got to go, man. I got to yeah. go. Um, I think most unaffiliateds traditionally in North Carolina lean to the right. That's probably changing. And in the next few weeks or so, the unaffiliateds will actually be the largest party in North Carolina.
0: That's wild to me. Yeah. Okay. So let's say that a bunch of Democrats registered to vote as Democrats in North Carolina 11 all switch to unaffiliated. Then you think all those folks will vote against Madison Cawthorn, right? In the primary, who who will they vote for? Bruce O'Connell, he's the next biggest Republican.
1: Uh, there's the there's the woman that that Cawthorn endorsed. And then he Oh, before he jumped back in. <laughs> yeah, that's what I was looking and I couldn't find it. I had it bookmarked. John is thinking of Michelle Woodhouse. Yeah. So they could vote for her. They need to all get on the same page and decide who they're gonna vote for. But then all these people can't vote in the Democratic primary. So then potentially Jasmine Beach Ferrara loses.
0: I kind of think she's got it locked down. Just looking at the money, I know the money's not everything. But when I went to Ballotpedia to look at the financing for this race... Yeah. All
1: right. You were doing some
0: intel. Madison Cawthorn has taken in $2.8 million. He's by far the number one. He's only got $282,000 left because he's been spending money. Number two in this race is Jasmine Beach Ferrara. She's got $1.2 million. Jasmine has $400,000
1: cash on hand. Yeah. She probably has to spend more money in the primary than he does.
0: Yeah, definitely. Number three is Bruce O'Connell, who's the other Republican running. He's got $1 million, but he has almost all of it still in his pocket. He still has $971,000 cash on hand. So of all the candidates, as of the end of 2021, he by far has the most cash on hand. Not that that matters, because Madison Cawthorn can raise money all day. Yeah, well, I mean, I don't even know if it matters, but money. He's got Trump. Right, that's true, anyway, the point being you the top the Democratic candidate with the most money is Jasmine Beach Farr with one point two million dollars. The Democrat with the next largest amount of money, Katie Dean has fifty six thousand dollars. There's no comparison. I think Jasmine Beach Farr is going to win the Democratic primary no matter what. All right, okay,
1: yeah, okay. I know we we've already we're already talking about North Carolina in the 11th, but can we switch back to my congressional district, the fourth, the fighting yeah. fourth?
0: Yeah, uh, go ahead, David,
1: where David Price is retiring yes. and where Clay Aiken is running.
0: Clay Aiken um, is running.
1: Yeah. So, I don't know the numbers on who has raised the most money in in the fourth, but okay, you told me that you were getting information from someone that the person to vote for was Valerie Fushi. That's what my that's what my plugged-in
0: friend in Chapel Hill said. Do you want to hear about the money for that race? Yeah. Okay. This is according to Ballotpedia end of 2021. In the 4th Congressional District, the candidate with the most money is Nita Alam. She has raised $300,000. She has $244,000 on hand. This is as of December of last year. Next up, Valerie Fouchy, who my plugged-in friend says is the person to vote for, she's got a hun- she's raised one hundred and sixty-three thousand dollars, and she still has most of that money available. Number three is the Republican Courtney Geals or Geals. Uh, apology, I don't know how to pronounce that because I don't know if it's a hard G or a soft G. She's got fifty thousand dollars. Then Ashley Ward, then Richard Watkins, and then f- for some reason it says Clay Aiken. Oh, data not available. He's probably raised some money because he had a good ad and he's famous. But the number one the far and away the leader right as of the end of last year was Nita Alam. Valerie Fushi, my friend's favorite, coming in second place.
1: And and your friend and a lot of other insiders believe that Alam just may not have the experience. Yeah, she's
0: just young and inexperienced. Valerie Fushi has more experience. But obviously Nita Alam resonates with some people because she has almost twice as much money as Fushi does. So I don't know. I don't know who to root for. If you're in the fourth, let us know what you're thinking. I assume no one out there is really rooting that strongly for Clay Aiken, at least among our listenership. Our listenership, uh, we we don't really listen to pop music. (laughs) It's a little beneath our station. (laughs) You might find us listening to a classical orchestra or a jazz trio in a smoky club, Mm. or perhaps esoteric heavy
1: metal from some far-flung landscape. But pop music? No, thank you. What are you doing this Saturday at noon? I am I'm uh, going to see new kids on the block. Why do you okay. ask? All right. Well, you I You caught I'm, me. I'm volunteering with the Orange County Democrats to help people with their voter registration. Really? Yeah. Weird
0: flex, but okay.
1: Yeah. They called me up. They got me on the phone. Where where are you doing that? Um, I think like Booker Creek Apartments. Oh, really? Yeah. They had my old data. I was like, I'm in Carborough now, so I, I'm not even in your precinct, but uh, I'd be glad to help you out. Maybe I'll do that. Oh, yeah. That'd be great. I'll pick you up and we could do really? that. Really? You'll pick me up? Yeah.
0: I'll pick you up. In the predicted.org mobile? Yeah. The car you bought with your money that you won in the 2020 election? Yeah, that car. Oh, that'll be fun. Sunday at noon, really? Or Saturday at noon?
1: Saturday at noon. Hopefully there are no UNC games at that, too, because Carolina plays Thursday at 4.30 p.m., which means if we win, we will be playing... More than likely, number one seeded Baylor on Saturday, and hopefully it's not Saturday at noon.
0: I don't think it'll be noon. It'll be later. John's talking about the NCAA men's basketball tournament, for those of you who aren't familiar with it. Yeah. Since we last spoke, Virginia Tech won the ACC title. They beat
1: Duke. Oh, Duke didn't win. I thought. No. I thought Duke, Duke after that humiliating loss in Coach K's final game in Cameron Indoor Stadium, they were talking a big game about how they were going to go and. And win the ACC tournament. No, they
0: lost to number seven
1: seed Virginia Tech in Brooklyn, New York at the Barclays Center. Yeah, it's a home game for Duke in many ways. New York. Interesting. Only New Jersey would be more of a home game. Well, Virginia Tech was, you know, Virginia Tech actually beat UNC before they beat Duke. That's fine. So it's worth it. Yeah, it's worth it. Congrats to Duke for getting further than Carolina. Um,. They were just lucky enough to not run into Virginia Tech until the championship game. Although they did lose to Virginia Tech by more points than UNC did. Interesting. John's got those numbers at his fingertips. Yeah. So the Coach K retirement tour is not officially over, but it is coming to a close. Hopefully it ends this weekend. John, there's a lot of people who've been asking about an EPM March
0: Madness bracket. What are your thoughts?
1: My thoughts are I've done these bracket things in the past and it's just so it's such a pain being the organizer of one of these March Madness uh, pools. So I'm going to just say that, no, I'm not going to do it. I'm going to be volunteering for the Democrats instead. Uh, If you guys want to organize it uh, amongst yourselves uh, through Discord or something like that, um, we'd be more than glad to uh, lend our name to it but I don't want to manage it. Okay. New episodes of Dicktown continue to air on FXX on Thursday nights at 11 p.m. available the following day on Hulu. This week's mysteries involve a high school mascot gone rogue and an extremely violent high school musical featuring songs written by Kid Midas and Michael Penn. That's Dicktown. Thursday nights at 11 on FXX. Listener questions. We got so many emails this This week. This is nuts. More emails than we have ever This
0: is the most emails we've received since the height of the Ban Wars back in, when was that, 2020 when we were doing the Ban Wars? I don't remember. Yeah. We got so many emails about birthdays and we were really stunned. And then I had this insight, everyone has a birthday. This is the most relatable topic you can talk about because everybody has a birthday. You're and right. boy, oh boy, did our listeners let their birthdays shine. From birthday pride to birthday shame. When we were asked about the best birthdays, you stood up and you delivered, EPM listeners. Remember when we were saying that anyone who had a 10 in their street address should write us if they had 10 as their house number or apartment yeah. number? Yeah. And the only person who had it was someone from Australia? Yeah. So we, by that, we were able to extrapolate and realize that we had zero American listeners, which was quite stunning and embarrassing for us. Yeah. But then, when we put the call out about what was it, September fourth birthdays or September fifth birthdays? Yeah, the fourth. Based on the feedback we got, we must have a hundred thousand listeners. Um, we heard from so many
1: birthday boys and girls. We did hear from so many, but actually, the numbers we we actually we had four September four birthdays. So I I did crunch the numbers. It's like uh, one thousand four hundred sixty one listeners. Hey, that's a good amount of listeners. I'll take that. I'm pretty sure we have more listeners than that, So, but that tells you that we at least have that amount of listeners.
0: Well, we got some wonderful birthday feedback. Let's get into some of these. The news is so depressing. Let's just talk about birthdays.
1: All right. You want me to read this one? Hit it. All right. Martha writes in. John and David, I listened to your last podcast about birthday dates. Please consider my argument for why December 20th is, in fact, the best birthday date. You may gasp at this assertion. How could that be? Doesn't Christmas suck up all the attention? No, Christmas actually acts as an enhancer of the birthday. The 20th is far enough before Christmas to benefit from the refracted glow of the holiday season without being overwhelmed by it. I share this birthday date with my daughter. Amazing, Yeah. So I have amassed decades of experiences with this particular date. Things I noticed as a child growing up in the 70s and 80s. Five days before Christmas is just long enough so that people's giddy anticipation for Christmas gets transferred to me, the birthday girl. Towns and shopping centers are all decorated for my big day. School was usually out, and kids were always around for my birthday party sleepover. The 20th is before most people have traveled for the holiday, and kids were stuck at home both bored and simultaneously overexcited. My birthday was a needed distraction— I usually had a Christmas-themed cake, and we played Pin the Nose on the Santa. I would say so far, I'm on the fence. I find
0: some of this argument more compelling than other parts of the argument. Okay. What else does Martha say? She continues,
1: things I noticed as a young adult in the 90s. People remember my birthday. I have gotten so many presents from people who were Christmas shopping anyways and just thought to pick up a little something for me because they remembered. People are still in gift-buying euphoria five days before Christmas. That's a good point. Mm -hmm. The 20th is often the last time work or organizations meet before the Christmas break, typically with a holiday party. The small gifts or tokens handed out at these events are, in fact, unwitting birthday presents to me. Not to mention the gathering itself can also be seen as a celebration of my birthday.
0: Um, <laughs> All right. now she's losing me. Okay. All right. Because now, <laughs> next she's going to be like, oh, and the Macy's, the Macy's Thanksgiving parade is also for me. That's part of my birthday. How can she say that an office Christmas party... An office holiday party is for her. She's being a little
1: tongue-in-cheek, maybe. You sure? I don't... Well, I don't know. Okay. You sure she's not being deathly serious? Pizza, pizza. I think she's being deathly serious about people not forgetting her birthday, remembering that it's the 20th. Yeah, that, that much is true. Things I noticed as a parent during the late aughts and early teens... This is, is uh, concerning her daughter, who she already mentioned shares the same birthday. School was usually in session December 20th, but it was often a half day before the winter break. My daughter was able to bring in cookies and celebrate with her class amid a festive anticipatory atmosphere. My daughter's birthdays were well attended. Many times we had her party during the afternoon of the last day of class before winter break. Sometimes I would pick up kids directly from school for her party. Parents were usually quite happy to get a few hours to themselves during this busy season. All these reasons are why I think December 20th is in fact the best birthday date. I hope this lifetime of experiences helps convince you too. Arguably, it's probably because this date is the furthest from the previous year's Christmas and people need a small outlet for all their pent-up fervor. Thank you for your wonderful podcast with many thought-provoking episodes. Okay,
0: Martha, I'm on the fence. Let me offer as counter-argument an email from Lauren. Lauren writes, hello, I'm a big fan from San Diego here. Love the podcast and in general, your very Gen X vibes. Oh, how about that? Pavement, okay, soda, (laughs) pizza, pizza. I was born in 1970, so I'm a couple years older than you, but I still am in the same cohort. My daughter will turn 24 on St. Patrick's Day, and I think I have a good case why it is the best birthday. Unlike other holidays, having your birthday on St. Patrick's Day does not mean people ignore your birthday. It just adds to the fun. While not as far from Christmas as September, it's still far enough away that you don't feel like it's too close to the holidays. When you are young, you have a fun theme for your birthday treats, green cupcakes or even green bagels like my daughter did for a couple of birthdays. And most importantly, once you are older than 21, there is a party on your birthday at most bars every single year. Birthday on a Tuesday night? No problem. People are out and having fun. That's it. I hope I have convinced you that St. Patrick's Day is, in fact, the best birthday. Lauren, you have not convinced me. Because St. Patrick's Day is the worst holiday.
1: Hmm. I think March is a good, I think March is a good birthday, actually.
0: Well, I love March. March is a wonderful month.
1: And spring is a terrific season. And we love it. So my dad's birthday is the 21st. So we'll be celebrating my dad's birthday in the coming week. The problem with a March birthday is it falls during March Madness. And oftentimes during my dad's party, we are dealing with a very tense game, usually in the second weekend of the tournament. Ah, so it's the same problem I have with my February birthday. Is it's always around when we play Duke? So every third year, or so my birthday is very stressful. You have to pick one, John. December twentieth
0: or Saint Patrick's Day. Which would you rather have as your birthday?
1: Uh, I'm gonna say Saint Patrick's Day, it, it, because you don't have to. You don't have to to take part in all that Saint Patrick's Day hoopla. Desiree wrote in
0: and said that her birthday is on Valentine's Day. She thinks that's one of the best birthdays to have because everyone hates Valentine's Day and, quote, welcomes a defiant way to celebrate the date. So I reap the rewards. And then as far as you and me saying that September 4th or September 5th was the best birthday, she says, my sister was born on September 5th, to which she says, meh, not a great birthday.
1: I don't know, man. It's hard to figure out what the best birthday is. Adam writes in, hey, John and David, my house is not number 10. But I was born on September 4th. I appreciated the logic of it being a good birthday because it is nine months from Christmas and not close enough to the next Christmas for people to be thinking about that. However, there are some negatives. September 4th is almost inevitably the first day of school, which is one of the worst days of the year for any red-blooded American kid who Mm. who hates school and wants summer to never end. It is also everyone's first day of school, so it's not the easiest to organize a party and invite friends to it, as everyone is dealing with new routines and whatnot. That's kind of a good point. It is also Labor Day weekend some years, and so many friends might be away on vacation. I have also discussed this with September 6th and 13th birthday havers, and while we all agreed September is great, Autumn weather and leaves changing. They pointed out that it can also be tricky if you're in a new school class. You don't really have enough time by that date to figure out who your friends are, what school or extracurricular schedules are like, and organize something. Long story short, it's usually a busy weekend for everyone and not easy to be trying to call attention to oneself. I thought he made some really strong points.
0: He did make some strong points, but we got other people who were wrote in and said they were born from on September 4th or 5th and they and all of Adams negatives they said were positive. Like I think one person wrote in and said, "It's good cuz it's around Labor Day weekend so you can have like a super massive
1: blowout birthday party cuz it's a long weekend." Yeah, but a lot of people aren't necessarily there. And someone else wrote in and said September was bad because all the presents they got were like back to school presents. They were getting pencils and, oh. you know, jeans Uh or something i don't know i don't know what's back to school stuff uh pencils and jeans that was good trapper keepers
0: papers is that what you
1: said papers (laughs) no pencils they were getting to pencils okay and uh trapper keepers trapper keepers parachute pants and numbers only jackets
0: maybe some crazy bread to dip in some marinara sauce
1: yeah yeah pizza pizza some pepsi free remember that
0: nope the thing i liked about this birthday discussion about what's the best birthday is we really did hear from a lot of listeners and we know that a lot of our listeners have birthdays and that's a comfort yeah what unites us is stronger than what divides us birthdays and we'd like to wish all our listeners a very happy birthday regardless of when your birthday is in fact statistically speaking I bet at least one of our listeners, John, is listening to this episode on their birthday. Right. Couldn't that be possible? Oh,
1: guaranteed. Happy birthday to them.
0: We wish you a very happy birthday. All the best in the coming year. Congratulations. You made one more trip around the sun in this flying toilet through space we call planet Earth. We hope you're enjoying the ride. Happy birthday. Enough about birthdays for now. Let's turn back to my amazing coincidence of the four digit street address consecutive back to back Patreon members when I was addressing envelopes. This topic is not yet done because people keep writing in. The story is too compelling, the odds are too rare. The odds were too the odds were too low. Or wait. If something is rare, are the odds high or low? Low. The story is too compelling. The odds were too low. The emotional stakes were too high. This is our final round of dispatches about my amazing coincidence. I asked people to just validate my story and to say that, yes, what happened to me was truly as extraordinary as I felt it was. And I had many listeners write in and validate it. And I thank each of those listeners. We'll just read a handful of their testimonies. First comes from Emily. Dear David, I used to work as a nonprofit fundraiser, and one of my tasks was hand addressing solicitations, thank yous, and other letters to donors and volunteers. In the five or so years I carried out this task, And over the hundreds, if not thousands, of addresses I wrote, never did I, to my memory, address any two consecutive envelopes with the same house number. Truly what happened to you was a one in a trillion occurrence. Thank you, Emily. Thank you. I appreciate your support and I appreciate your validation. And she should know because she also hand addressed envelopes. And it never happened to her. And we should mention that if you sign up for our Patreon, patreon.com slash electionprofitmakers, you will get a hand-addressed envelope with stickers in it. And if you recognize the handwriting, that's because it's the handwriting of a guy who's one in a trillion. Kid Midas, the original wave rider. We got another dispatch from Matthew. Matthew says, I'm a bus driver in Canada. I drive past street numbers all day, and I consider myself a bit of an expert on them. I did a brief calculation on the probability of back-to-back identical street numbers among the new Patreon subscribers, and the answer comes out to one in a trillion. I have not included my math. I feel it is out of the scope of your words-based podcast. I hope that helps. P.S. Your podcast is one in a trillion and so are you. Matthew, I went fishing and I reeled in a big fat one. He's Matt the bus driver. Thank you, Matt. That makes me feel really good. I wish you, I wish you many pleasant miles upon your bus as you drive your routes and analyze addresses. Okay, John. Yes. Listen to this one from Alex. This one is truly incredible. Alex wrote, this is my first time writing in. I was pretty close to writing in two weeks ago because of the segment on numbers. It got me pretty riled up. As a member of the American Statistical Association. Now, John, remember, this whole thing started because somebody from the American Statistical Association had written in. Now we have a second member writing in. Oh, wow. As a member of the American Statistical Association, I slammed on my bike brakes and said aloud, but they were consecutive house numbers David was dealing with. That's so much rarer. Thank you, Alex. But he says, I figured you didn't need any more ASA dweebs weighing in. Last week, I thought about writing in because I used to live at a house with number 10. But I don't anymore, and I didn't want to mess with your numbers. But this week, I had to write in about your segment on birthdays because I was born on September 4th, and it really is a pretty good birthday. John, this guy, Alex, and I did look him up because he did provide his full name. And this guy definitely is a member of the American Statistical Association because this guy is basically deals with math and statistics and numbers as his job. Okay. Uh Uh-huh. Can you imagine anything more nightmarish than having to be surrounded by these goddamn numbers all day? But whatever. Yeah. He had a trifecta. What are the, I mean, okay, you have to understand this is now we're at the next level of coincidences. Yeah. This is unreal. This is a meta coincidence. (laughs) Do you understand what I mean? Yeah. This is like one in a trillion million. Times one in two billion, because not only is he a member of the infamous American Statistical Association, the biggest bunch of snobs who've ever walked God's green earth. Not only that, he also understood what was so extraordinary about my experience addressing (laughs) these envelopes, which for the last time I will emphasize, they were identical house numbers and I got them twice in a row back to back in these addresses. Okay. Mm hmm. Then he used to live at a house with number 10, and we were asking about that two weeks ago. And then he was born on September 4th. So he had two consecutive weeks when we were, as, when we were soliciting people who, had a, who met a certain criteria. This guy, Alex, the
1: statistician, actually satisfied both criteria. Now, what are the odds of that? I'm sort of surprised that he didn't address that. He's so focused
0: on my amazing coincidence about those addresses he can't see that he himself is personifying an
1: amazing coincidence this guy is a is a walking coincidence. do you understand uh yeah i'm I get this I, I i'm I'm totally getting what you're putting down here.
0: in fact, do you want to know something John? I remember once there was a superhero this is a this is. A, I don't really usually follow a lot of superhero stuff. There was a superhero comic that I used to read. This is really crazy now that I think about it, and I think they should make a movie about it. Marvel should make a movie about this character, and I should write it. He was a superhero, and his name was Longshot, and his superpower was he was just really lucky. <laughs> he was just a really lucky guy. I truly think that was a real superhero. He had, like, yellow hair. He kind of looked like a punk rocker. This was, like, the 80s, and his name was Longshot. And he just had great luck all the time. He had, like, magical luckiness. That's what this guy Alex is. This guy could be the real identity of Longshot. Yeah. Oh, and then Alex had a PS. By the way, if you too would like to join the American Statistical Association, all you have to do is pay something like $37 in fees. What? This whole thing is a sham. I thought you would have to be like one of the smartest mathematicians who ever lived. $37, that's it? Yeah, it makes me think it might not be that great. It might be like the Church of Unitarian Universalists who marry their friends and
1: flip-flops or whatever that church is. I'm telling you, the Council on Tall Buildings in Our Urban Habitat is more expensive than that. Are you serious? Yeah. Wow. What's the membership for that? Like $10,000? Yeah, something like that, yeah. All right. No, I don't actually know what it was, but it used to, it used to be cheap, but it's it's expensive now.
0: I don't mean to always dump on the American Statistical Association. I'm sure it's nice, but golly, what a piece of shit that organization is. And what a <laughs> bunch of mathematics snobs all those members are, you know, bragging about their numbers and their statistics. And whenever someone has some number problem, they're like, don't worry, I'll get it. I'll get it sorted. I'm a member of the ASA. Numbers to me are as easy as... One, two, three. Oh, even those are numbers. Oh, you know, they. and then like numbers, people always make jokes about numbers like why was six scared of seven because seven, eight, nine. Oh, yeah. oh, oh, I'm so delighted to be the keynote speaker at the Midwest Conference of the American Statistical Association. Would you like to hear some more numbers comedy? Well, of course, pi, we all know, is the ratio of the circumference to the angle of a circle or whatever, you know. Well, did you know that pi r square? Yes, don't find that at every bakery, do you? <laughs> Funny stuff, you know. Have you ever heard of the biggest number? It's called Googleplex. <laughs> Wouldn't want to get lost in that apartment complex. Yes, elevator, take me to floor. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you know how the... Do you know how the largest number is called Googleplex? Who wouldn't want to get stuck in that apartment complex. Oh, yes, elevator. Please take me to the 10,000th floor
1: yeah, it's good. of the
0: apartment complex. Yeah. Because it's so huge. Because the numbers are so big. I'll leave you with one last joke uh, before our keynote speaker comes out. <clears throat> my name is Kid Midas, the original number comedian. Uh, uh, my final joke is, what's two times two? Yes, I hear a lot of answers out there. Four. Yes, someone said four. You, ma'am, what do you say? Four. Yes, two times two is four.
1: It's actually, who cares? <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Let's That's stop. That's good. They should hire you for their next um, expo. Their next, uh, what, what? what is it when you
0: junk it? American Statistical Association, I'll tell you now. If you guys ever have conferences, hire me, and I will do... I will do high quality numbers comedy, not that stuff I was just doing off the top of my head. I'll write real jokes about numbers, real honest jokes about numbers. Yeah. What like uh could you imagine if uh, you were dating number 5? Can you imagine what a horrible boyfriend 5 would be? You'd be like how many uh how many beers are you going to have tonight? 5.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. These are good. All right, Election Profit Makers is an independent production. <laughs>
0: uh. <laughs> I actually think that joke is kind of funny. <laughs> it is, it is funny. You're dating it number five, funny. so it just wants five of everything. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh oh god it's so depressing uh. election profit makers is an independent production you can support us on patreon at patreon.com slash election profit makers send your election prediction questions to contact at electionprofitmakers.com or any birthday questions or number questions or Amstat questions any of that if you want to try predict it Go to www.predictit.org slash promo EPM20 to receive up to $20 in matching funds. And please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. Goodbye. Bye. To all the ladies in the place with style and grace, allow me to lace these lyrical dishes in your bushes, who rock grooves and make moves with all the mommies. The back of the club sipping more wet is where you find me. The back of the club macking holes, my crew's behind me. Mad question asking, blunt passing, music blasting. But I just can't quit because one of these honeys biggie got to creep with, sleep with, keep the epic secret. Why not? Why blow up my spot? Because we both got hot, now check it. I got more Mac than Craig and in the bed. Believe me, sweetie, I got enough to feed the needy. No need to be greedy. I got mad friends with to see notes by the layers, true fucking players Jump in the Rover and come over, tell your friends, jump in the GS3 I got the chronic by the tree
0: Tell me something, girl Are you happy in this modern world?